Hello, everyone. This following episode is going to kind of piggyback off the previous episode. Dr. Eveline Dacker and I talked briefly about herpes stigmas, and due to the feedback I got and a lot of questions and a lot of thank yous, which I really appreciate everyone listening, I specifically wanted to come on here and talk about herpes. Through the research I had to do for this episode, it was beautiful to see the entire community talking about STIs and a healthy sex life, and it really made me realize that it all comes down to a stigma that really is so unnecessary and based in ignorance and lack of proper sexual education. So if you do have herpes, if you just got it, if you've had it for forever, if you've never had herpes, I hope this episode gives you insight so that you have the tools to educate yourself because it's not up to people that went through a traumatic experience that they most likely didn't consent to going through. It's not up to those people to educate us and the rest of the world. It is our duty as proper allies to educate ourselves on topics regardless of if we're personally going through the experience or not. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Uncivilized Conversations. I'm your host, Gabriella, and today we have the brilliant creator of Positively Positive Podcast. It focuses on destigmatizing herpes and sex in general. She was one of the finalists for a micro-influencer of the year in 2020. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I That was a very nice intro. I didn't know you were going to say that, but it's true, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I mean, you should be. I have never been so pumped to talk about herpes before. Yeah, <laughs> it's my party trick. It's super fun for me, so I'm excited. It's so great. So for people that don't know what Positively Podcast is all about, can you tell us a little bit about what your podcast is and what inspired you to create it? Yeah, so Positively Positive is, like you said, uh, it's just about demystifying herpes and all the misconceptions surrounding it um, and giving people real tools to move forward, living their lives and dating with it and sharing my my story along the way. It's educational. It's funny. I have a really dark sense of humor, so that definitely comes up. <laughs> it's vulnerable. And really, it's the relatable resource that I wish I had when I was first diagnosed, because I just got a really cold one piece of paper for my doctor. And I was like, well, this isn't helpful. Like, how do I live? How do I have sex, you know? So that's what it is. Real tools, real stories. And as far as the inspiration behind it, so when I was first diagnosed, I joined some online groups because I'm a millennial and I know that there is an online group for everything. So in those groups, <laughs> I saw a lot of people really depressed for extended periods of time. I, I was upset at first, of course, it does crush you. But like, when I saw people who were like, oh, I've lived with this for five years and they're still in that place. I was like, no, 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 no. Like something's not right here. This is not okay. And I saw like people were not only taking themselves out of the dating game altogether, but I also saw people telling other people who were newly diagnosed, like, okay, you know what? Just accept it. It's not that bad, like being alone or just date other people who have it. And I was just like, what in the actual hell is this terrible advice? Oof. Yeah. Even though I was newly diagnosed, I was like, okay, that's 
messed up. It is just herpes. It's completely manageable. It's not a serious health condition. And no one should be telling another human being to just give up. So basically, my inspiration for creating what I've created was empathetic rage and just like (laughs) someone to organize the correct answers everyone has to the questions we all have when we're first diagnosed. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing every single time. So I started talking about it, and this is why I wanted to do an interview exclusively for herpes, because when people talk about STIs, when they talk about sex... It's almost like they'll talk about everything except for herpes because of the stigma. And it's so based in shame because there is no harm beyond that. And the more I talk about it, like my inbox became flooded and they're like, oh my God, I also experienced this too. There's been no blueprint. And you on your page, Positively Positive Podcast, she has this beautiful outline. So you have all these resources that you kind of gathered on your own to make people realize like, One, look at the statistics. You know, Mm -hmm. most people do have it and most people do get it from oral. You know, people try to disassociate from herpes and they're just like, but it's this kind and not that kind because genital is stigmatized. And it's like, well, let's break down why these things are so incredibly stigmatized. Is it because our society sexualizes things, but you don't feel comfortable talking about sex? Yeah. So herpes is stigmatized because of ignorance. That's truly the bottom line. So we have to figure out where that ignorance comes from. And I I will say, I do see the ignorance waning. I'm not the only one out here talking about it. But the things that allow that ignorance to remain are, first of all, a lack of proper sex ed. In the US, only 18 states require sex ed to be medically accurate. 18! Like, it's so wild. That's insane. It's so crazy. So the other part of sex ed lacking falls within the medical community. So I've spoken to countless people whose doctors don't even know how herpes works. I have personally had nurses tell me completely incorrect, non-factual things, and they're not required to learn about it. And as unfortunate as that is, I kind of understand why it's not focused on, you know, unless you're an infectious disease or virus specialist. Because herpes isn't a big deal. It's never been a big deal in the medical community. And that has pros and cons. And unfortunately, it does lead to people not understanding what's really going on with their bodies and their doctors kind of leaving them hanging. Another factor to ignorance was some truly wild journalism in the 70s and 80s about herpes. Time magazine was a huge contributor to modern day stigma. The articles are are just wild. They do a whole episode on it called Herpes Stigma, if anyone's interested. It's a breakdown and a timeline of modern stigma. Oh, wow. Some people will argue also that Bur- that Burroughs Welcome, who's the, the pharmaceutical company that invented the first herpes treatment, there's an argument that they contributed to modern stigma as well with their ad campaigns, which there is some truth to that, but it's definitely not the whole story. And I think, I mean, it's a, it's a deep dive to get the whole story, but those are some things that contribute to it. And media representation or lack thereof and, and silence. So many people are afraid to talk about it, even with their friends and family. Many people are too uncomfortable to share their status with potential sexual partners. 
And this even goes back to sex ed. It's honestly the root of all evil. We're not taught how to communicate. We're not taught about boundaries or vulnerability. Yeah. And these are things that should be taught. People are talking about herpes. People are writing books. There are a bunch of public Instagram accounts to educate and empower. There are, I'm not the only one out here. There's a TED Talk. Ella Dawson's TED Talk is amazing. There are comedians talking about it. Oh, I love her. Come find us because... This silence, it is waning and you're not alone. So if you're if you're thinking that you are alone, I get it. And I've been there, but you're not. So it's better to find those resources quickly because that silence is a huge contributor to to stigma and people thinking the stigma is bigger than it really is. Absolutely. And I, I I love Ella Dawson because I think in a lot of ways too, that was like the introductory TED talk on YouTube that a lot of people have referenced and told me about. And I went to watch it and she's like, you know, people keep telling me I'm brave. I want this to be boring. I am Mm -hmm. not brave for telling you something that most of us go through. It's just that because people have stigmatized it and media does, um, she even talked about the SNL skit in 2020. I didn't watch the whole thing, but a lot of people within the sexual health community that I love mentioned like how it was a cheap joke. So Mm -hmm. people that have had herpes a while or are just like pro open sexual education and communication and being educated, we don't really think it's a big deal. But for someone that may have just gotten diagnosed, they're seeing comedians in different shows or movies make cheap jokes. And even though I know logically, I'm like, oh, that says more about a shitty writer's room. It's still affecting those people. And Mm -hmm. as you said, like, it is stupid because- If you're listening to this and you have herpes, whether you just got it, whether you've had it for forever, seriously, not a big deal. Like you are deserving of all the things. And I think that is genuinely like the only downside to it because of the stigmatization of it. It's like it affects a lot of people's work because I've actually seen friends and peers around me in years past have come forward and been like, I was in this unhealthy relationship. And it always came to like them breaking down and being like, I have herpes. I thought that's all I deserved. And it's like, that is not all you deserve. You deserve all the things. This is not like a tick in the negative box for you. And in a lot of ways, you and other activists have done a really good job creating a space where it's like, actually, herpes made me open up made me learn Mm -hmm. about my sexual health, made me learn how to communicate. And you talk about so many things on your podcast, like dental dams, um, which for Mm -hmm. some, you know, those are also stigmatized. I had never used one. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. I, my, my dental dam experience has been so fun because (laughs) I so for anyone listening and for you I guess like I'm a straight woman I sleep with men that's my perspective where everything comes from and um men like to be good at things men want to please you so if there is like this weird kind of taboo thing that has to do with sex and you present it confidently they want to be good at it. They want to master it. And I'm like, sure, let me <laughs> let me teach you. Let me let you practice so that you can be good. And it only benefits me. And then I'm like this sexy teacher, you know, and it's fun and it's playful. That's but that's the thing too is like having that communication and whether you have herpes or not, 
you do a really beautiful job and I love talking about it because there's certain things that I'm like, just fucking talk about it. You know, like maybe start with yourself, getting to know your own body, look at your own body, discover what you like, and then go in confidently. And if you're not, you can jumble through it. Like sex can be jumbly Mm -hmm. and goofy. I believe in laughing. A sex life full of laughter is just great for me. I'm like, whatever, man. Sounds happen. Trips happen. (laughs) Have fun with what you're supposed – this is supposed to be a thing you're supposed to enjoy. And I think somewhere along the way, media and pop culture has sexualized so many things that the actual act of sex or the actual act of communicating these things has been so misguided. And even like disclosure – Although I do think it is important, I think a lot of people, especially when you first get diagnosed, it's so daunting because you're like, oh my God, I have to tell them I have this thing. And it really does deter a lot of people from otherwise pursuing, you know, maybe multiple sexual partners. It's like you can have you can have one sexual partner your whole life. You could have many. And disclosure shouldn't be a deterrent, you know. I want our society to get to the point where You don't have to get your disclosure out and be like, okay, this is how I got it. This is what happened. I have to justify it. And it's just like, okay, cool. Like I've slept with people that have told me and I'm like, "Uh, okay, I don't care how you got it. That's a non-issue. Yeah, that's definitely a thing that like, even, even with myself to say I am proud of how quickly I started disclosing. But also, I, w- I didn't fucking do it perfectly at first. Absolutely not. And I've, I, if there was a perfect mathematical or formula to, to disclose, I would have found it by now because I've tried everything. The point is there's, there's, no, there's no formula. I do have an episode, um, episode 10, Disclosure Tips and Tricks. That's like a framework. But Mm-hmm. What you were saying about like justifying and explaining how you got herpes, that's I think something that like as time goes on, you stop doing that. And I saw a quote the other day and it wasn't about herpes, but it was like, if you find yourself explaining or justifying or defending, you're losing. It's like, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And I was like, that is true. And also like, it's none of the other person's business if you don't want to tell them. It's like, yeah, I have herpes. And there's um a comedian, speaking of herpes jokes, we mentioned the SNL thing. If anyone listening, I, I don't care, everyone listening, whether you have herpes or not, go look up Drew Michael herpes on YouTube. Oh, I thought you were going to say him. Yeah. He's one of my favorite comedians in the land. Um all of his bits, but that one's hilarious. He's like, it's so good. That is the that is the only joke. Like the punching up, those are the only jokes that I will tolerate when it comes to SDIs. And I was like, this is fucking hilarious and true. He's like, well, mine is gonna last forever. Your marriage may not. It's great. Yeah. Everyone, go listen to Drew Michaels. <laughs> yeah, he punches up, and it's so funny. And it's like, well, like, oh my god, people are just like, how did you get it? It's like. Well, how the fuck do you think I got it? He doesn't say that, but it's like, uh, pretty sure I know how I got it. Like, I'm not a loser. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep. It's so good. And I I like to, you know, I bring up sexual health in general 
I ask the person first about their testing history, their protection methods, their habits. And then if I'm like, yep, this person can have a a good conversation, this person can have an open conversation, then I'll share my status. And all I do is I open the floor for questions. I say, hey, so I have this. Uh, I don't currently have symptoms. If I do have symptoms, I just won't have sex for a week or two until it's cleared up. If you have any questions, let me know because I know how to manage it. I know my boundaries. I know how to have safer sex. So anything you need to answer, let me know. And I can also recommend resources for you to do your own research. And I leave it there. Opening that dialogue too, because I think it's so important for people to understand just because you have herpes does not mean that you have to be so worried about disclosing for the other person and care about their health that you disregard your own. Your sexual health is just as important and you have every Mm -hmm. right to know if they have anything that they need to tell you about. That's so, and disclosure is great, but I think the bigger deal is like, oh my God, they have to disclose. And it's like, well, why is it the conversation? Why is disclosing a big deal? Like that's what we should get to the root of. And like you were saying prior, it all comes down to sexual health and sexual education. And like I have had um, partners who I tell before they become my partner, be like, hey, so I have herpes. If you have questions, let me know. I think you're cute though. Um, Because it is like you're, Ella Dawson always says like, (laughs) you're coming on to someone when you tell them you have it because it means, hey, I want to have sex with you. And that's that's the perspective we want to come at this from. (laughs) So- We talk about like, yeah, there are, you know, the negative effects are really have nothing to do with herpes, but with people in society, but the positive effects. So you have a couple episodes and you phrased it like coming out. So you came out to your parents and let them know who are pretty traditional. And then another episode where you came out to your friends, which is really beautiful. How has herpes affected your life in a positive way? And the relationships in a positive way. Yeah. So this is huge. Herpes taught me how to be vulnerable. And it's not like I was completely stone cold before. Mm. But it's almost like I, I didn't have a lot to be vulnerable about when it came to partners I was like you know what I'm a I'm a decent looking gal I'm in my 20s the boys are endless like I it's you know but now I'm like oh shit like I have to be vulnerable it is a vulnerable thing to tell someone you have an STI Mm -hmm. you know I I do want to normalize those conversations absolutely but I think we'd be lying if we said it's not a vulnerable thing to do um And I wanted to tell my partners because I wasn't told and I know how I felt after that. And I don't want to do that to anyone else. So I was, it forced me to be vulnerable. And then once I got comfortable being vulnerable with partners, this like vulnerability, like muscle just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I wanted to tell my friends because my friends are so important to me. I don't live geographically close to any of my family. And my friends and I have moved across the country together. Like Mm. I have really, really good friendships. And I was like, I feel like I'm hiding something from them. And that doesn't make me feel good. I don't feel like my whole self anymore around my friends. And that was such a shitty feeling. So I, I told my friends and they were all so 
amazing. And I was like, oh, it was like this weight. I was like, now I, I feel like my whole self with you again. That solidified and deepened our friendships even more. And then when I told my mom, which was kind of like a, a flippant decision, I think I was just like, so all my friends knew, all my partners knew, the internet knew. By the time I got to my mom, I was like, oh, God, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah, because like, I, like I've, I've said before, like, I'm lazy. And keeping secrets is so much effort. I just like, oh, I don't want to dodge certain conversations, <laughs> even with my super conservative, yeah. reserved Christian mother. And like you said, you got emails about people reaching out to you like oh my god thanks for talking about this I have it I've experienced this that started happening to me from all over the world people started reaching out to me like oh my god thank you for talking about this and I was like oh my god like I think I'm helping mm -hmm. people like my my rage at what I saw online when I was first diagnosed turned into something really beautiful and this is making a difference for people talking about it does make a difference and because my mom makes such a huge difference in so many people's lives I wanted to be like hey mom I kind of made it a little difference too and I'm proud of that and I want to share that with you and like that was a huge thing that my mom and I connected on I mean my mom was like oh god when I first told her because she's very conservative and has only ever been with my dad. So she was shocked and appalled. But, you know, we talked about it and we worked through it and it really deepened our relationship. And I got to talk to her, honestly, for the first time, like a real adult. This goes beyond even just a mother-daughter connection. It's like, these are two adult women talking about life. And that was, I'm going to like cry. It was just so beautiful to have that with my mom as an adult. And so many people don't have that moment of intimacy and because the stigma attached to it like one you are helping people because there are countless people that are like they go through this and they're like I feel like I'm mm -hmm. alone and it really does feel like a disclosure that they have so it's like here's this thing I'm plagued forever and I'm all alone and it's like well none of that's mm -hmm. true and I'm so grateful that there are platforms like you that have that but then on top of it you're also breaking down that stigma that people have in their brains that are too scared to talk about because there's the obvious like shitty jokes on movies or whatever that just make fun of it or shows. But then there's that stigma that's rooted in people's brains because that's all they've ever known and been brainwashed in. So by you having that dialogue with a different generation, somebody, you know, maybe not has all the same things, but some core values like your mom you're making them realize I'm not broken. This doesn't make me dirty. And there's not a type of person that these things happen to. Like anything else in this fucking world, it is a crazy, confusing, gray area world, but it's also full of a lot of love and a lot of people that are like you in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And that's totally okay. That in and of itself is so beautiful to realize it's not something that you deserved because of something bad you did. It's just a thing that happens because you're human and it happens and can happen to yeah. anyone. And I think what I learned is because before I told anyone, in my experience, the stigma was mm. way bigger in my own head. And when you tell someone you have herpes, people love talking about herpes. If you present yourself <laughs> as like a safe, open space, whether they have it or not, people love talking about taboo things. And if you become that safe space, it's kind of fun being the smartest person in the room on a taboo topic because people like questions. They're like, oh, my God, I can talk about it. And like, you're open about it. Whoa, what about this? What about this? Because 
they don't have anyone else to ask questions to. And, and people are a lot <laughs> more open and accepting than I ever would have thought when I was first diagnosed. So many people are like, oh yeah, I don't know if I've told a single person that doesn't already know someone else who has herpes. Every person I've told is like, oh yeah, my friend has that, or oh, my brother has that, or oh yeah, I dated someone with that, or I know someone. Everyone knows someone. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. being like, oh, herpes, that thing that everybody has. Yes, I love that. It's so good. It's so good. It's great, but also too, like opening that dialogue is now you have opened this avenue. So yes, disclosure. Yes, let them know about your safety. But then beyond that, it's like, now let's get to the fun shit. Mm-hmm. What are your kinks? What are things that you're into? And there's this level of intimacy that you have now created that people are like, they trust you. It's like, oh my God, you were vulnerable with me. And I am learning to be more and more vulnerable. And with talking people of different experience that have kind of like forced their vulnerability muscle to grow, every time when you take a little vulnerability step and open up to get that instant reward is so fucking cool. And it's fun Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, I was vulnerable with this person. And now this is inspiring them to tell me something they're into sexually or they like this thing. And it's like, yeah, bring it on. And I have had better sex since having herpes because of exactly what you just said. People are like, oh, she's open and honest and vulnerable. Well, maybe I can be open and honest and vulnerable with her. And I'm just like, yes, come to me, men. Be vulnerable with me. I am the master of vulnerability. It's so good. And like, yeah. (laughs) Like I had one person be like after we had sex and like he was kind of shy about it. But he was like, so like, do you want to see my toy box? And I was like, sir, yes, I do. Every single item in it. It was so good. And he's like, yeah, I don't show it to everyone, but I feel safe with you. Yeah. Even (laughs) if we want to get deeper, I just turned 29. But when this happened, I was when I got herpes, I was 27. And then when I was 28, I fell in love for the first time in my life. And I was like, holy shit, all I needed was to get herpes to fall in love. I should have done this fucking 10 years ago. It was so beautiful. Yeah, because I I had finally discovered that vulnerability is what really connects to people. You can't ever be seen if you don't show yourself. 1000%. That I like through this work and through other things, having those conversations, especially since everything is like starting to open up again, just the level of vulnerable conversations that I need in my life. I have now up my ante. I'm just like, let's have a real conversation. Let's get weird. Yeah. Otherwise, I will become uninterested. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily uninterested. Yeah. It's but... funner when we when we get real. Yeah. <laughs> All that good shit. Sex yeah. is great. <laughs> But you are worthy of sex and all the love and the things that come along with it. If anybody is listening to this and has herpes, no matter what stage you're at, you have a very exciting journey ahead of you. Think of it as like a superpower to debunk people that aren't ready to level up yet because it does weed out a lot of like low level people that aren't ready to educate themselves properly as well. Yeah. And those are probably the people that never get screened for STIs. Like, do you want to be sleeping with that person who judged you but never gets tested themselves? Probably not. Yeah. And that's the whole, again, with the sexual education system, there's so many stigmas that just are complete fallacies. The fact that that's why I say 
there is no type of person that gets them. There was this interview. (laughs) Feminism has a way of coming through in Mm -hmm. funny ways. So I looked up this one porn star that I like to watch because he's like these cool scars. Turns out he got them himself, like he got them professionally done. But in the interview, he was talking about how he's like, you know, I think it's crazy. People ask every time about like STIs, but we get screened every 14 days. Do you guys? Mm -hmm. Does the bro that doesn't know where the G-spot is get tested often? Because I (laughs) doubt it. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, So looking forward, I know you have so many projects. You're kind of collaborating with a lot of different people. Where can people find you? What projects do you have coming up as well? Yeah, so... The portal for everything I do, podcasts, Instagram, resources I love, resources I make, anything, just positivelypositivepodcast.com. That's the website that will link to everything. That's also what you search on Insta, on podcast platforms, whatever. It's always just the three Ps, Positively Positive Podcast, a very long thing I chose to repeat over and over. Oh, that makes me so happy. And if you guys already do follow her on Instagram, you could just go to the website. But if you do follow her on Instagram, she has that link in her bio. Um, If you are a person that is newly diagnosed or just curious, if you have a partner, friend, family member you want to educate yourself on, in the link in her bio or her website, she has all the beautiful resources. And Sarah has done all the work for you. If you are interested... I listened to her podcast. It's wonderful. She started to have some guests on there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure a lot of other people do too. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. I always say like, I love talking about myself. So it's great. Let's just talk about herpes and sex. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening to Uncivilized Conversations. Once again, I'm your host, Gabriella. And if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to message either one of us on our Instagram accounts. You can find me under Uncivilized Conversations or Sarah under Positively Positive Podcast. Take care.